Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, where we bring a yard sale mindset to the Sotheby's Auction House Obsessed Podium of Formula One Racing. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, my favorite auto journalists and authors of Racing with Rich Energy. Make sure you buy that book if you haven't already. It's Elizabeth Blackstock and Alanis King. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. How we doing after quite a weird race this weekend? I think I'm still recovering, honestly. I feel like I haven't fully digested the Dutch Grand Prix at this point yet. I am also still recovering. I mean, what a weekend. Like, from qualifying through the whole race, there was just a lot going on. Oh, man. Yesterday, I had a couple buddies over to watch the race, and they brought nitro cold brew coffee, which I graciously accepted and drank, and then immediately followed up with a mimosa. And then I bought donuts on my own, so I was just like... I was not feeling good. I felt like <laughs> shit. I felt like I was going to die all day. <laughs> I was about to say, this seems like the worst possible combination. It like, was it seems, terrible. It seems like like a middle school science project where you're trying to make a volcano. Yeah. I turned 30 this year. Um, and I'm slowly learning that that means I'm not in my 20s anymore. My body is not in its twenties anymore. That was that was a combo I could easily conquer when I was like twenty one, no problem. Um, I ate like shit in college, uh, but 
when I got back from Bonneville, I actually have kind of like cast away my sweet tooth and like I haven't really been drinking that much at all. Well, uh, Nolan, it's only been a couple of weeks. I know, but I feel like <laughs> that's long enough. My body got used to being like, all right, we're taking it easy now. Like, whatever. And then I just went, I went like whole hog back into that <laughs> crummy lifestyle and I was paying for it. Anyway, all right. <laughs> that's how my day went. I had the 2024. Audi Q8 Sportback S-Line e-tron Quattro Prestige. That is, that is the full vehicle name. Wow, and we're getting up there with like Dodge levels of just tacking on more names at the end of things. When you have to say 2024 Audi Q8 Sportback S-Line e-tron Quattro Prestige that many times, you start to lose it. It's a lot, yeah. That was how my weekend went. I learned that my uh, girl cat that I thought was a girl was actually a boy. So I named him AJ Foyt the fourth uh, because he is our fourth cat, and uh, he finally accepted love because he got neutered. So Aww. that was my weekend. Was great, great time. I was in the camp of leaving his name Mama, and then you named him AJ Foyt. Honestly, like I, I thought about like leaving it as Mama because I thought that'd be a good bit. But it also, is a good bit. Also, I walked outside and I saw my my husband's got we poached some banners from Pocono when IndyCar used to race there. So they're the AJ Foy ABC Supply Company banners. I saw those and I was like, oh, I've got a name. <laughs> <laughs> In today's episode, we are talking about the Dutch Grand Prix, which was absolute chaos from start to finish. Yeah, as you probably know, if you watched it, this weekend was wild. It was ridiculous. So instead of doing our normal thing where we only focus on the racing and the qualifying and everything like that, we got to hit some bigger news stories from the week. So the last week of summer break kicked off with the internet going absolutely wild over reports of Max Verstappen speeding in Monaco. Oh uh, yeah, heard about this. He wasn't just speeding though. Tell tell us more. Give me more. Elizabeth, you tell me more. I know right. that he was in an Aston Martin Valkyrie and I think he was in a tunnel. Yes. The video isn't dated so it's kind of hard to tell but he was allegedly driving 20 miles per hour over the speed limit and could be prosecuted in France. Uh, Aston Martin posted on Twitter soon after a, <laughs> a marketing video of the Valkyrie and captioned it, crafted to push boundaries on roads as well as tracks. Agreed, Max Verstappen. Perfect, <laughs> honestly, like, perfect, beautiful tie-in. Part of me is hoping that this is actually, Alanis, this is your theory come to life, that instead of you locking Max Verstappen in a small room before the race starts... He locked Max Verstappen in a jail cell and continue on with the championship. And then it's me. I've done it. It's me. I would rather lock Max Verstappen in a NASCAR truck at Talladega. But if we put him in a jail cell, I think he's still going to win the championship. But that begs the question, who becomes Max Verstappen for the rest of the season? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, but I... I do know if they prosecuted people for going 20 over in L.A., they'd really have their hands full. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Am I right? That was good. Thanks. Also, if it was 20, 20 over anywhere, 20 over in Texas, I'd, I'd be over. I'd be done for. When I, I went through a road trip through Texas one time, total side note, but sorry. Uh, and I was like, I can't wait to see those 85 mile per hour speed limits. I didn't find any of them because there's just one. I spent my whole trip going like 55 and I was like, what the heck 
is wrong with Texas? Turns out my GPS was set to avoid toll highways. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was just the going toll on highways these, like, that are the good ones. Yeah. I did not know that. Anyway. Oh, today he no learned. One. Let's talk about Haas. Haas, we have learned, has signed both Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnuson. They're back for 2024. How do you think Kevin Magnuson feels about his F1 career ending a few years ago and now he's back and Haas re-signed him? Like, do you think he's like, yeah, go me? Or do you think he's like, they just don't have anybody else? You know, that's a good question because there are so many like young drivers out there that I think would be very stoked for it. But also, if I was Kevin Magnuson, I'd keep signing and hopefully getting money. So... Totally agree. Could be worse. I think it speaks to the kind of one, the elite nature of these drivers. There aren't that many people in the world qualified to do this. And you know, we saw earlier in the season Nick DeVries, and we we talked about Nick Nick DeVries' dismissal and ended the episode with on a kind of optimistic note. I think we will see Nick DeVries back behind the driver's Ooh. seat. Maybe on definitely not at Alpha Tower or Red Bull, but you know, on another team because the skill set is so unique to drive these things. And also, if you're a personable and professional driver, uh, easy to work with, fun to work with, like probably Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnuson, you can have a long career in F1, maybe not for an elite team, but you can be there uh, for a team that is struggling, like Haas. I feel like in the Red Bull system, if you're not the chosen boy or the boy who takes orders, (laughs) which is Checo, um, if you're not one of those... They let you go before we can really see your talent. So let's take Alex Albon, for example. We're all watching Alex Albon right now, and we're like, oh my goodness, Alex, yeah. He didn't survive long enough for us to really do that when he was in the Red Bull system. Exactly. And back to Kevin Magnuson, he said Haas feels like home to him. And I mean, I guess that's really like sweet and sentimental, but you could also take it the other way in that it feels like home because Daddy Gunther Steiner is just yelling the F word at you and calling you a kindergartner the whole time. I was going to say, you didn't specify it was a healthy, happy home. This could be a broken home. (laughs) Also, he's from Denmark, which is not known for its warmth, so could be. Anyway, uh, both of the drivers celebrated this, this new accomplishment. Nico, by damaging his front wing in a barrier collision in FP1, and Kevin Magnuson by crashing into the barriers during the wet FP3 session. Uh, as a result, he had to start from pit lane during the Grand Prix because they had to replace multiple power unit elements, which is bad news bears. Uh, Gunther, classic Gunther, told Sky Sports he's quite disappointed with this on an outlap in turn three, knowing we only had two new front wings left. I'm pretty pissed off right now. I love him. Daddy Gunther's mad at you again, just like home. I love that, like, the assumption here is that he, they, like, sat down the drivers at the start of the weekend. They were like, we only have two wings. We've only got the two. And Nico and, like, Nico and Kevin looked at each other and were like, you know what we have to do? We both have to knock our wings off. (laughs) I mean, knowing Gunther Steiner, he probably did sit them down and say that. He's very big about bringing everybody into his office and cussing them out. That's true. The big news story of the race weekend in free practice, too. Oscar Piastri had a little crash, uh, which then caused another driver to crash. Daniel Ricciardo comes around the corner. He sees Piastri's McLaren, 
and instead of hitting the young rookie driver, decides to hit the wall himself instead, um, breaking his hand in the process. And as a result, Daniel Rick's going to be out for a little bit, and Liam Lawson will be taking his place. Uh, that means four AlphaTauri drivers for this season. I think we'll see Danny back sooner than later. I think these doctors they have over in F1 are they're on they're on some other some other ish, if you know what I mean. Wasn't Lance, Lance Stroll like broke his wrist on that bike and was back like two weeks later? Yeah, yeah. now we have another broken wrist. They and- sent him to like an experimental government facility <laughs> for rich kids, and they're like, "We're gonna we are going to fuse the bones." I mean, truly. Okay, so did anyone see the photo Daniel Ricciardo posted, I think post-surgery, of his broken wrist in the cast? Did you notice that this man is not wearing a shirt? And I don't think you need... Oh, did I notice? I don't think you you need to be shirtless for a wrist operation. So I just... (laughs) That's very true. Suns out, guns out. That's very true. I just really love that he was like, summer break ain't over yet, boys. I'm shirtless. You gotta get that sick tan. Like, show it off while you got it. It's your wrist. I just want to point out that Alpha Tauri has had more drivers this year than it has points. I think we just no, yeah. it doesn't have four points yet. No, oh. no, three. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's unreal. So this story uh, begs the question: Who is Liam Lawson, Daniel Ricciardo's replacement? Quote, 21-year-old reserve driver for Red Bull and AlphaTauri who has been competing in the Japan-based Super Formula Championship this year. He's second in those standings ahead of the season finale in October with a convenient break in his schedule to fill in for Danny. That's pretty dang convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a New Zealander. He's a Kiwi. <laughs> uh, talks like this. Has a very sing-song voice. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Um, <laughs> One can assume. This weekend isn't his first F1 rodeo, though. He made his F1 weekend debut with the Alpha Tower team during free practice one for the Belgian Grand Prix last year. But this will be his first Grand Prix. What a race to start off his career with. Um, that's nutty. Oscar is the one who replaced Daniel at McLaren. So this can be seen as his second time taking Daniel out. Dude, I didn't even think of it like that. Oscar oh the Menace. God. What do we think Oscar's Oscar the Grouch? Thinks- what is, but what does Oscar's mom think about him taking Danny out twice? Let's look her up on uh, Oscar's Twitter. mom had some things to say about how she booked an early morning like Pilates class or something. So she wanted the race to get on, get on with it, get through the red flag. Bless her light. Danny's teammate Yuki didn't have a great weekend this weekend either. He got a three grid place penalty for impeding Lewis Hamilton during qualifying. And then he also got a black and white flag for forcing someone off the track during the race, uh, which affected his points. Uh, It was kind of uh, some bull crap. Mm. (laughs) I have a related question about Daniel and crashing and everything. Formula One doesn't have spotters. Daniel Ricciardo had a spotter. I do not think he would have a broken wrist right now. And this actually, this point was made by my friend Devin Altieri on Twitter. Should F1 have spotters, at least in certain areas of the track where they can't see what's going on ahead of them? I think it makes sense. I, it is I pretty crazy no. that they don't have. No. Oh, no. Okay. And I, I like, think they I shouldn't have this. race engineers in their ear either. Take me back to the good old days. 
Just because I think it'd make it for more chaos. But also, I guess Daniel Ricardo would have more of a broken hand. Who knows? Elizabeth just wants complete chaos. Elizabeth doesn't want I re- anything to go well. I really do. Like, I, do, I wish the drivers could talk to the team. Because I still want to hear Max Verstappen commenting on the weather. But... Which he did. He talked about the dark clouds this weekend. He was like, the clouds are getting dark. And I was like, Max, look at the track. Max knows those Dutch clouds. And when he (laughs) saw they were getting gray, he was like, rain is on the way. Oh, yeah. uh, Wow. That is science right there. He knows those clouds. (laughs) I thought qualifying was really fun. A few notable things that happened included... Lewis getting eliminated in Q2, and Logan Sargent, our American hero, our golden boy, making it to Q3 for the first time in his rookie season. And what happened immediately after he went out for Q3? (gasps) Boom. He hit the wall. He crashed. He was out. It was over. Uh, But, wow, what a guy. Um, Logan put on slicks, and he hit a damp part of the track, which sent him spinning through the gravel and into a barrier, But even still, he is the first American top 10 qualifier in Formula One in 30 years. That's insane. What a guy. Who was the last one? Was it Michael Andretti? Yes. Nice. 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 Mm -hmm. Let let the Andrettis in. That's that's just my segue. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was so excited for Logan. Like, I I did sleep through qualifying uh, because I... (laughs) I but was I was tired. so excited. I yeah, no, but I, I rewatched. I didn't get any spoilers at all. So I like rewatched. I skipped through all of the, the interim parts. And then I skipped through the start of Q3. And I turned it on to him in the wall. And I was like, are you freaking serious? I was over here like freaking prepared. I was jazzed for loints. And we did not get them. Oh, God, not loints again. If you didn't know loints, loints is Logan points. I was and able it's a to disgusting word. Figure that out. Loinks, yeah. loinks, loinks. It's going to happen. It just wasn't this weekend. Alex Albon qualified P4, equaling his career best. But we'll talk more about Alex later. I think Q3 was super interesting because of the timing of the red flags. So Logan goes out, immediate red flag because he hits the wall. And then later, our sad, sad boy, Charles Leclerc, also crashed. He caused a red flag with four minutes left. So everybody sits around for a while, hangs out. Nothing's going on. We're waiting for them to clean up this crash. And then when Q3 finally resumed, we had just enough time for a warm-up lap and a hot lap. Like everybody was one shot, one opportunity to do something, not get the pole because Max Verstappen's going to do that, but qualify somewhere. And I thought it was kind of intense. I really liked it. They used to do one lap shootout qualifying. And I like that's one of the things that I think is really neat because it puts a lot of pressure on it. And you have to do like your lap. You don't get a chance to like screw up and try again. Uh, that like, I think they I should. They should bring that back. Yeah. But without telling the teams like the teams don't know which weekend it's going to be one shot. Oh, OK. OK. You know what? I'm here for that. Here's a question, though. Do they put them out in a specific order or is it one-shot group qualifying? One-shot group qualifying. Gotta be. Send them in a pack. One-shot group qualifying is horrific because yes. a few years ago, NASCAR did this. Yes. And their aero package was so bad 
that if you went out first, you were at such a disadvantage that you were you were done for, you were screwed. So they had group qualifying and they had time segments that you had to go out. So you could run as many laps as you wanted, but no one wanted to go on track. So everyone just sat in a big group at the end of pit road playing chicken and inching forward for literally like 10 minutes so until funny. the okay, no, final none of seconds. That. None of that. I it think was ridiculous. My system would be like a lottery system. Mm. Uh, it's randomly selected the order and you go out at a specified time, one at a time. So you can't draft or anything like that. The track conditions might change, but you know, uh, that that might give a slower team the advantage or might make Max get pole again. But I think, one, that'd be dramatic. So you have like an hour-long session, one block, and you know you just watch each car go one at a time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's great, especially with our like purple sectors and things like that, showing yeah. how people are stacking mm-hmm. up. It would be super fun. Some other series use the ghost car, so they'll just I input bet they could, another driver's lap, and yeah. you can watch the overlay. Yeah. It's cool. I bet they could make some technology where they actually have like overlaying the car footage mm-hmm. over the top of the T-cam. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could see that. I could see that, and it's now it's disappointing me that it's not real. <laughs> so yes. I agree. Now I'm mad. I, Mr. Formula One, if you're listening, please. Yes. Our top 10 in qualifying were Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, George Russell, Alex Albon, Fernando Alonso, Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Oscar Piastri, and then our crashers, Charles Leclerc and Logan Sargent. Not a bad lineup, honestly. Uh, it was a, it was a really good top 10, and then that brought us into race day. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars 
and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Which, boy, oh boy, was that a fun one. I think we can agree. It really was. That it was chaotic and very enjoyable to watch as a result of that. Uh, There was heavy rain, which was so heavy that the race was red flagged at one point. So everyone was all over the place trying to manage it. The rain would like come in little bursts. So it would kind of, it would like pour and then it would sprinkle and then no one really had any idea what was going on. I was here for it. Uh, I'm glad that they did the red flag because that, you know, the conditions were getting a little dangerous. Uh, But this was like the perfect amount of wet to make the race fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. It started pouring almost immediately, (laughs) which was great because uh, most of the grid was on soft tires. So if you if you had planned for a dry race start, you were screwed. Uh, As a result of that, many people chose to pit on lap two due to the sudden rain, including Ferrari, our beautiful, wonderful Ferrari, who pulled a very Ferrari pit stop by not having any tires ready for Charles Leclerc. So they fumbled that bad boy and uh, Leclerc fell behind. It was just insane. Uh, One of our friends that was watching with us doesn't regularly watch F1 and he's like, was that supposed to happen? No. Why? And we're, of course, like, no. Uh, But it was like... (laughs) <laughs> it was like it was perfect. It was so perfectly bad and just a total encapsulation of Ferrari season. Long, you know, regular listeners of the show know that. Um dude, it was insane actually seeing the the people on soft tires stay out. I know. And for a couple laps and seeing getting to see the speed differential between someone on slicks and someone on intermediates when Perez came in mm-hmm. and you started flying by people. That was so cool to see. I thought it absolutely rocked. I think it's so fun when this kind of things happen when this kind of thing happens and the teams have to decide, okay, do we risk it and stay out on softs because we think the racing line is gonna dry up really quickly, or do we go in and pit for enters? Because a thing that happens when it starts to rain is if it doesn't rain heavily and the racing line gets hot and dries up, then you have a dry line and your enters are gonna get totally eaten up. Mm-hmm. So if you're on enters, you have to take the non-racing line to stay in the damp. But if you're on dry tires and slick tires, you're fine. So it's a matter of like, do we stay out here because we think it's going to dry up quickly? Or do we pit because we think it's going to stay wet for longer? It is such a fascinating thing to watch. And I love it. It is because it really showcases how much of the sport uh, is is up to the team. Mm-hmm. And these strategy and decisions that get made. Without the drivers, well, with some of the drivers' input, but you know, the drivers don't have access to the radar. They don't have access to the other kind of uh, metrics that they, these teams have available to them. Just so, so cool. Such a, such a dance of with fate. It had me wondering, like, <laughs> how, what, what weather systems are the teams using? Because it seemed like everybody had a completely different idea of what the weather was about to do. There were like multiple times where a team would hop on the radio and be like all right, it's going to be dry for the rest of the race. And then someone else on a different team would be on there to the driver like, all right, we're preparing for rain in 30 seconds. It's going to be dr- just a light rain. And then someone else completely is like, all right, we got a downpour coming in. Be ready. Yeah. I mean, it showcases how optimism uh, mm. might affect how they interpret things, too. Like, is it wishful thinking that they think there's not going to be any more rain? Uh, it's 
it's fascinating. I mean, I think your strategy play when it comes to weather also depends on where you are in the standing. So, mm-hmm. like, let's say you have a potential for a podium or you have a potential potential for points. You're going to have a different level of optimism and also like level of worry about the rain and any incoming weather than someone who's in like 15th. And you know what? Maybe if we think it's going to rain and we pit and we get these different tires and no one else does, maybe we end up in the points. If if it doesn't work, we don't risk anything because we don't get any points anyway. Speaking of risk, I think next time. Just keep this in mind next time you watch a race and it starts to rain and you will probably see Red Bull make the first move when it comes to tires because like this is something we've seen over and over again. Mm -hmm. Red Bull is a team that takes gambles. Mm -hmm. Mercedes is a team that plays it safe. Always. Ferrari is a team that who knows what's going on. They mess everything (laughs) up. But but you'll see it. Saw it happen this weekend too. Perez came in. He -hmm. was down like near the back of that grid. Came in early. For those intermediates and got all the way up to like a podium position within five laps, right? Mm-hmm. Mercedes, it took them a bit to react to what Red Bull was doing and seeing the proof that it could work. That's all you need to know about those teams. Red Bull gambles, Mercedes plays it safe. And Ferrari messes it up. Yes. Let's talk about it. Charles Leclerc went off track several times during qualifying before he crashed in Q3. What a guy. I mean, he's just sad at this point. That pretty much set the tone for the weekend. You may have seen the photo of him watching the rest of qualifying from a trackside camping chair. And like, he just has that look on his face where his like, his disappointment is so obvious in his little cheek dimples. And it's just (laughs) sad. It's just awful. Um, He was one of the drivers who came in for tires on lap two. Turned out his tires were non-existent. They were not there. It was a horrible pit stop. By lap four, he went wide into the gravel despite his enters, but he still held on to P5. And I think the tire thing is also very interesting here because the general wisdom right now is that F1's full wet tires are not very good. So in F1, you have your three slick compounds. You have hard, medium, soft for every weekend, and those are a different combination of Pirelli's million other compounds. And then you have intermediates, which is, you know, damp, light rain. Then you have full wets, which is it's pouring. We have to displace a lot of water. General wisdom right now is that those wets are not very good and they're not working very well. So we saw pretty much everyone on inters and Charles Leclerc goes through the gravel on the inters. So not awesome. Things kept getting worse around lap eight. Carlos Sainz's engineer let him know that Charles Leclerc had front wing damage, to which Carlos responded, okay, don't slow me down, please, because they were they were front to back. So Carlos is catching up to his teammate, and he's like, let me pass him. The implication here is that Ferrari wasn't immediately going to swap them. They were in P6 and P7, but they did, and Charles Leclerc ended up pitting for a new front wing a few laps later. And then it got worse. On lap 43, Charles Leclerc was put out of his misery. They they just gave it up. They retired the car due to floor damage that they sustained early in the race due to the scuffle with Piastri, who is our local menace. Thank you, Oscar Piastri, for making things interesting. When Charles Leclerc went into the pits on lap 43, I turned to my husband and I said, they're giving up. And he was like, no, <laughs> they're not giving up. 
And then they gave up. <laughs> Dude, it's Ferrari. They, I, they're giving up. They're calling they're it quits. They're giving up. It's it's over. They're calling it quits. Um, the overall vibe was absolutely chaotic throughout the field, not just at Ferrari. But there was one constant, and that was our guy, Max Verstappen, who is not yet in a French jail cell. <laughs> I'm rooting for Max now. Yeah, I'm rooting for him to Max break fans. that record. Max Verstappen has officially tied Sebastian Vettel for nine consecutive Grand Prix wins, the most of any drivers out there uh, next race. He's going to go for that 10, and I'm excited. That's going to be a fun one to watch, hopefully. So, sticking with our new view that we got to appreciate a goat when he's around, uh, here's a few cool stats about Max. He has taken pole at every Dutch Grand Prix he's been in. This was his eighth pole of the year as Oof. well, which surpassed last year's total. Oof. He also pulled some classic Verstappen moves, undercutting his teammate Sergio Perez around lap 13 to get back into the lead, uh, to which Checo asked over the radio, did Max under undercut us? To which his engineer replied, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, just a master class from Max this weekend at his home race. No surprise there. Crowd was going crazy for him. Dude, that firework display that went off when he crossed the finish line, that was pretty sweet. That was um, wild. Honestly, all congrats to Max right now. We're all rooting for you, dude. We want to see this happen. While this stuff's going down, we might as well enjoy it. So we are witnessing greatness as it happens, witnessing history. Um, so very exciting stuff for Max Verstappen. I have a question. Mm. Yes. If Max Verstappen goes to jail for speeding, <laughs> He's, it, and he wins the rich last... Rich people don't go to jail. Okay, but let's just say theoretically he goes to jail, okay. and he wins the last race before jail and the first race after jail. Is that still consecutive race wins because it was consecutive for mm. the races he was there? Or is it not oh. consecutive race wins because he missed races? Like, in oh. terms of the Vettel record, mm. does it count? Like, maybe he would have his own record, like, consecutive wins that he was in the race. It would be an asterisk kind of thing. Poor Max. Um, Too many asterisks for Max yeah, in his career yeah, so far. For sure. If Max actually goes to jail for speeding and serves time for speeding, that would be such an indictment. I mean, it would be like the, the time. the American justice system. It's not the American, American justice. It's, not it's, an, it's an indictment of ours, though. Oh, that, makes that us look stupid. Oh, got you. Okay. I got you. Okay. I was like, what? Um, it would be like the time Taylor Swift showed up for jury duty, and the whole world was like, "That's so cool of her." Like Max going to jail. That's so like, cool of him doing his civic duty. That's so real. <laughs> he went to jail. I mean. I, I've seen NASCAR drivers get big speeding tickets and have to do, like, community service and stuff. Is, Ma is Max going to have to do community service? Is there community service in Monaco? Like, is there a community to serve? <laughs> is there a community to serve? <laughs> like, I can't imagine that, like, I feel like that everything is so pristine over... I, I haven't... I'm going this is week, Is there though. a jail in Monaco? You're going to Monaco? Can you I'm see if, Monaco. if I'll there, be there are jails in Monaco? I'm gonna yeah. Google. I'm gonna I'm gonna like knock on the door. And be like, hey, is Max here? Okay. <laughs> okay, wait. I just I just googled <laughs> I just googled Monaco jails, and the first thing that comes up is inside Monaco's jail, iconic Riviera. <laughs> it sounds like a resort. Okay, when I go over there, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll get arrested for the show. <laughs> Go 
yes. I'll get arrested. Oh, yeah. Does Monaco have a five-star prison behind bars with a seaside view? You're on the sea, dude. In jail. What are you in for? I've been trying to convince my uh, husband that I'd be great in jail, and I think the Monaco jail is like now ascended to the jail that I want to go be jailed at. I don't at. think any of us would be good in jail. I'd be, I no, think I'd be great, I'd be great, great jail. in jail. I think I would be a good cult leader, and I also think I would be great in jail. I would have all the people rallying around me. We would lead uprisings. Like I think I, your cellmate would like try to get into solitary. <laughs> <laughs> you think they'd be sick of me? <laughs> Tell me about Chris Angel Please. one more time. She keeps about talking about <laughs> yeah, Chris Angel. <laughs> she keeps talking about Chris Angel and and Kyle Bush. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Warden, please. It's so true. I goes in the Kyle yard Bush, and gets stabbed. Kyle Bush to, is the NASCAR the driver who got commu- yeah. community service for speeding. That's right. Okay, the so one. there is precedent. There okay. is precedent. Enjoy it, Max. Have fun. Pierre Gasly had one heck of a race. He started P12 in his third straight Q2 elimination, but he finished on the podium. This man got a third place finish, which was exciting. Per F1.com, Gasly has been pointless in three previous Grand Prix, which a very... Oh, like pointless. He's gone without points. Yeah, sans points. I think that's... This is the perfect phrasing for most of Alpine season, honestly. Is that a that's like a Britishism, is that it? has to be pointless. It has to be a Britishism. It has to be. Also, who wrote the article? I mean, yeah. Someone wrote this article. Oh, well, yeah. It's probably a Brit hand. talking about a French guy. Of course they're gonna Oh, it's Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly. Hey Sean. I love you, Sean. Thank you we for We love t- you, Sean. Thank you that for That is such good Pierre phrasing. Yes. Uh so even even though Pierre finished well, he was one of the bad boys of the track and got a five-second time penalty around lap 17 for speeding in the pit lane. That did not keep him off the podium. He still absolutely yeah, killed it, um, which is exciting for Alpine because they still don't really like have anyone in charge for real like, right now. They got rid of yeah. Otmar Snaffauer and haven't put anyone in permanently there's just like some people sitting around so they're just vibing they're just absolutely yeah. chilling nobody's yeah. in charge um, maybe this will revitalize them and maybe Pierre Gasly can be the boss now can we can we just sit for a moment and imagine Pierre Gasly as an actual bad boy let's just like dress him up in all black put some chains on his pants his skinny jeans and give him eyeliner I he's can, not that I kind of see he's a bad boy that, he's like you He's just like the normal looking bad boy who texts you up at 3 a.m. Like that's oh, but the kind you know of bad boy he does. He is. You no, know absolutely. he does. Like <laughs> all, like every day of his life. Alex Albon had a great weekend proving he's a formidable driver in the wet. As we all know, Alex is responsible for all 11 of Williams's points so far this season. He has been surprising us all year, and this week was really no different. After going fifth fastest in free practice one, he came back in FP2 and finished just over two-tenths off of Lando and Max in a truly stunning show of force. Uh, Then he came back and qualified in P4, and though he finished in P8, it's still a great drive for such difficult conditions, especially since Williams kept him out on the softs down to P15 by lap 14 and had to fight his way back into those points. So very good drive from Alex. Unfortunately, though, his teammate Logan Sargent crashed for a second time this weekend on lap 16, and that brought out that safety car. Um, 
yeah, not uh, a mixed weekend for Williams, but Alex is great. And Williams, uh, God, I can't remember who said it. I can't remember which driver said it, but they said that the Williams is no longer a slow car. I don't know if you guys saw that. So that's kind of the sentiment in the grid right now. Is like people are noticing, like, oh, crap, man. I also would, Williams. would love no to note that Logan Sargent's crash was not his fault. The team admitted afterward that there was a hydraulic issue with his power steering after he hit a curb. So uh, there was a failure in, in the power steering, and I personally would not want to drive in those conditions without power steering. So I have massive amounts of respect for Logan Sargent. Thank you. Really weird crash. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. Our dark horses of the season are Aston Martin and McLaren. Fernando Alonso is back on top. He had an amazing drive from P5 to P2, and he broke a fun little record. He beat mm. Michael Schumacher's record for longest interval between first and last podium finishes. Okay. Wow. So, Fernando's first podium came 20 years ago in 2003, and he presumably. Hasn't gotten his last yet unless something just horrible happens or he just disappears or he goes to jail in Monaco. But this is technically the last for now. And Schumacher's record was 7,399 days. So Fernando has beaten that. And I don't know how much that is in dog years, but it's definitely a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a lot. Um, God, that's insane. That's just mind blowing to me. As for McLaren, Lando started on the first row in P2 alongside Max Verstappen, but he finished P7. Sorry, Lando. Oscar Piastri had a consistent but kind of unremarkable race. He was just chilling. He started P8 and he finished P9. It wasn't a bad showing from them. I was honestly surprised to see Aston Martin making its comeback because they've kind of swapped places with McLaren now, but also... There was still Lance Stroll, so I think it was more just a a fluke that Fernando is good when it's wet. Yeah, he is very good at that. Speaking of our our fellas who did well and didn't do well, uh, here's George Russell. George George Russell, I don't know what happened to George Russell on this summer break, but he came back with a new jealous hairdo where he he looks casual. Like he He looks looks like relaxed. I know like he's got the wind in his hair and he's just yeah. windblown. Like what what is going on? Like I don't, I don't understand it. There's a whole a whole new vibe happening here with George Russell. And as a result, he qualified in third place, which was his best start since Australia. It didn't uh go very well though after that. He stayed out during the early rain on softs despite having some clear wobbles and he even led the race for a little bit before Checo passed him for P1. By lap 14, uh, he hopped on the radio to say, I was forecast for a podium. How did we mess this up? Uh, <laughs> Who good, was he, Elizabeth? Good question. He was at 17th at that point. So, yeah, that hurts. Yeah, right up there in, in the top, running for the front. Um, Honestly, that little radio message uh, soured. My opinion of George a little bit. Oh, but, okay. Tell us I more. I mean, I don't know. It's just like that British accent asking a kind of pointed question. It, it just didn't sound good. That was not a good look for PR, in my opinion. 
when we were watching that and that came over the broadcast, we were all like, ah, oh, come on, dude. Like It was really weird. And George has been like on this kick where he's gotten extremely like not defensive, but offensive almost. Like he's punchy yeah. on the radio now about how he deserves better, which is interesting because if he deserved better, maybe he would finish better. But who am I to Ouch. say? Uh, you he know, got- <laughs> if he keeps this up, I think next season he should just lean in and become like a British Bond villain. Maybe that's what and the just, hair okay. thing is. Like he, he yeah. let loose. Yeah, his he hair. went for the middle part. Yes. Oh man, oh. I forgot about that. Yeah. This is it. This is when we see George Russell embrace his villain status. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm here for it. George Russell has too soft of a face. He could be like a deceiving criminal. He kind of has like boss baby vibes. You know what I mean? Where it's boss like. Boss baby? <laughs> yeah. That's so offensive. <laughs> he's not. I Look, he's got the middle part. I think he should start wearing like Ralph Lauren, like polo shirts, like boarding school, teenage drama. Horrific. Villain. And just be. I think he should do that. I think he should just lean in, be the bad guy, you know? The British okay. version of the jock, whatever that is. Yes. It's George Russell. Yeah, he's so posh and proper, and I think I would I would like him more if he just leaned into it instead of, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> George... And I like George already. I do, I'm too. I'm just saying. I just want to see him, like, I don't know, he's... He's dangerously close to having a personality. He's what we're discussing. <laughs> I think I think he seems like he has a personality because he dresses like a divorced dad and someone takes photos of him and puts them on his Instagram. I think if he didn't have someone taking photos of his divorced dad outfits, he would not seem like he had a personality. Yeah. I think what it is is that, you know, he's all these racers especially this new generation of the young guys like George and Lando and Oscar, all these guys, Max too, like they all came up growing up in racing and like having to develop racer brain at like a really young age where it's just like, I can't say anything. I can't, I can't say anything off putting in interviews. I have to be like this perfect robot who drives well all the time. I think we're going to see like a lot of these younger drivers start to uh, in the coming years after they've proven themselves and like kind of cemented themselves on the grid their personalities come out a little bit more because now they know they're safe to do that. I don't think you're wrong, honestly. And I think we're finally like, like George knows he's all set. Like he's got the Mercedes chops. He just can do whatever he wants to do now. Uh, And he did do all right. He got as far up as P6, but things went absolutely terribly. Uh, After a restart, he got a puncture after he had a little, a little shebang with Lando Norris. But the visibility was so bad that they left it as a shrug, pretty much. Ultimately, George finished the race back in 17th. It wasn't a good day to be George Russell. Ooh. Ouch. Wasn't really a good day to be Joe Guan Yu either. Alfa Romeo's Joe Guan Yu crashed near the end of the race and brought out red flags for everybody. Rain had plagued the whole race, and near the end, the drivers were forced to switch from slicks back to inners, except for Esteban Ocon, who went for the full wet tire, thinking that it would rain even more. And drivers like Checo, Yuki, and Lewis, uh, they all went into the gravel. Then, Joe Guan Yu slid into a barrier. Uh, Checo Perez came in for inters to switch for the wet tires uh, at a very bad time, because a red flag would shortly come out, or would come out shortly, my bad. So replays showed that Checo had hit a barrier on entry to the pit lane, but this was before the red flags were waved. But Um, also, there was like some weirdness where F1 was like, 
we're going to change the restart order because of the it was so red weird, flag yeah. timing. Checo, you can start way higher than that. Like, it Yeah, because he was down in P5, I think, and yeah. then started in third Yeah, when it came time to restart. I didn't really understand that either. They didn't really clarify. Uh, or if they did, it's uh, not my fault that I wasn't paying attention. Um, <laughs> you were too you were too hopped up on donuts and mimosas and nitro cold brew. Nolan was dying. I was in a bad spot. <laughs> I was in a bad spot yesterday. They feed you way better than that in Monaco jails, Nolan. I can't wait. Um uh Joe Guanyu's result is a bummer because he had a good start and he even ran in uh he was in P2 on lap 4 uh because of those pit stops. Um but still it was kind of cool to see him up in those positions. Anyway, he was forced to retire the car with floor damage. And after the rain cleared, we went racing again, and the use of inters became mandatory. And finally, we have our new guy, Liam Lawson. Does he sound like a One Direction member or what? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like kind of boy band energy for sure. Big boy name. band energy from this name. Like his parents. Liam Lawson's my favorite. Yeah. His parents chose this name and was like, our boy is going to be a heartthrob. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Definite heartthrob name for sure. For sure. So he received a 10 second time penalty around lap seven for impeding Kevin Magnuson. Sorry, Kevin. But considering how tough this race was with the rain and the not rain and everybody hitting everything, he did pretty well. He started P19 and he finished just out of the points in P13. Not bad, Liam Lawson. As we saw with Nick DeVries, probably a good thing that that's as high as he finished for him. Yeah. Because if he finished in the top 10 and then he comes back, expectations are going to be so high and then AlphaTauri is going to fire him. Yeah. That's what I, I was, predict. I think, honestly, like it, this was the best it could possibly be. He finished well. He finished clean. He did pretty dang good despite wild conditions. And 13th is like the upper end of midfield. So there's still room for improvement, but he didn't set yeah. his, his standards a little bit too high, which is great. Yeah, very promising. He over-delivered and under-promised. A classic, yes. classic maneuver. Want. It's a, it's a good move. Do. And I did not see him finishing P13 like when qualifying was going on or at the beginning of the race. I was like, oh, yeah, this dude is going to ride around in last and he's mm-hmm. going to pick up some spots when some people hit the wall. But P13, good job, Liam Lawson. Pretty good. Pretty good. And if if you guys were wondering, my favorite boy band member when I was growing up, oh, no. when, uh, Backstreet Boys Black and Blue mm. came out flip through that little cover art there okay. the cover book aj my favorite member of back mm. of backstreet boys because he was the bad boy so wow. that digression out of the way <laughs> let's sum it all up the dutch grand prix ended up with max verstappen fernando alonso and pierre geisley on podium after that we had sergio perez carlos Sainz, lewis hamilton and lando norris and then to round out the points was Alex Elbon, Oscar Piastri, and our boy Stebby Ocon. By the way, uh, we also had a ton of penalties that impacted the order a little bit. Uh, Yuki Sonoda got a five-second penalty for causing a collision. Checo got a five-second penalty for speeding a pit lane. Kevin Magnuson got a five-second penalty for falling more than ten car lengths behind the safety car. It was a whole thing. What was Kevin Magnuson doing to fall that far behind the safety car? Like, what was he doing? 
I don't really know how you get this penalty. <laughs> he he was wondering why he re-signed with Haas. And then it's a weird one. He was thinking about how it's not a house. It's a home. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love I that. I said house. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, now that I'm done laughing at my own joke, um, the fastest lap and driver of the day went to Fernando Alonso. Which is kind of crazy because it was the Dutch Grand Prix and Fernando Alonso got driver of the day. Good for you, Fernando. Wasn't expecting that. It's because all of the Dutch fans were at the racetrack and they couldn't vote for and driver of the day. they couldn't vote because yeah. they didn't The 5G was jammed up. <laughs> they couldn't vote in time. So true. Um, good for you, Fernando Alonso. Exploit the rules. Our DNFs were Joe Guan Yu, Charlotte Claire, and Logan Sargent, sadly. I thought it was a good race. How do we think this plays in? to the second half of the season or the last bit of the season. I mean, now we're the, we're in the home stretch for the midfield teams to get that those third and second and third place positions. Uh Red Bull obviously still whooping that ass. Max, oh, yeah. we got to see that, yeah. We got to see Max get that 10th win. And yeah, uh do. I don't know. I think it was it was a good comeback from the the summer break. Like it was a good spicy race. Things are exciting. We're heading into like a set of good races coming up like I'm, I'm here for it. i'm feeling good about it and this is where i'm at it's time for boyfriend of the week Ooh. <clears throat> who's our boyfriend this week it's middle school rules for the week only i'm i think i have a pretty good one so i'm gonna go last Ooh. and see if you guys oh. also think so so okay yeah. elizabeth I'm, it's not lando norris oh it's not lando norris <laughs> it's not it's oh not, my it's goodness not. i okay. promise you good okay. deal uh, I'm going to go with uh, George Russell's stylist because okay. I appreciate oh. this bold move with whatever the hair situation is. I think it's great. I'm very excited. This signals a new turn of direction for George Russell, and I'm excited. It's a good time. I think that's a good one. I am going to pick another obvious one. I'm going to pick Logan Sargent for after after DNFing from the race. He went and sat in some tall grass, just helmet on, sat in some tall grass, most Florida man thing I've ever seen. And then like 15 minutes later, they cut to a shot of him. He's found a chair Mm -hmm. and he has his head in his hands. And then they cut to a shot of him again, like 15 minutes later, and he's in the same chair. And he's just like, I think he has his eyes closed and he's just done. He's He's like covered his face. Yeah. So funny. He's so done, and I just love that he did not go back to the the paddock right away. He was like, nope, I'm going to sit in some grass. Some grass? Like, grass that looked like it had a bunch of snakes in it. Grass. Okay, Um, but he's from Florida. Like, come on. I'm sure he's seen worse things than grass. He's not scared. Um, That was great. I think it made a wonderful little storyline and thing to check in on throughout the race. The end of the race, he finally went back to the paddock, which was really funny. My runner-up is I was watching this TikTok from this person who does skits where they pretend they're in 90 Day Fiance, and they're like, hello, my name is Tamley Tomlinson, and I'm going to go meet my fiance I have never met. And in one of the skits, Tammy goes to the airport and finds a statue of Amelia Earhart, and she's like, this is Amelia Earnhardt Jr., who, if you did not know, was the first woman to drive a NASCAR car across the ocean. And I was like, beautiful. Even my rotten brain could never think of that. So that's my runner-up. Nolan, go. 
uh, my boyfriend of the week is the lion mascot. Yes, at the track at the Grand Prix. Yes, um, whoever that poor soul inside that suit was. Um, I know you were you were soggy by the end of the race. They had you out there in the rain wow. in that suit. I don't. I do not want to know what that suit smells like after that race. <laughs> wow. I want to know how much it weighed when it was saturated. Oh my god, that's another <laughs> good. That's a great point. It probably weighed like three hundred pounds, waterlogged like that. I wish um, I could have heard that person walk away after the race. Yeah, like, <laughs> it'd be the squishy sound that you get at the water park. Exactly, yep. like when you get off the ride at the water park and it's over. Terrible. Um, um, yeah, great. Love it. Love that line. So there you go. There's our boyfriends of the week. Thank you so much for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We'll be back next week to talk about the Italian Grand Prix at Monza and see if they have any good prisons near there. Probably not. It's (laughs) Italy. Probably not. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell all of your friends to tune into the Donut Racing Show. If you want to leave us a five-star and kindly worded review, that really helps us out. We also have an email address, so please get in touch. It is donutracingshow at donutmedia.com. We might read your emails out on the show if you send us a good one. Here's one we got recently. Hey, DRS crew. I just want to let you all know that I love the show. I know this sounds dark, so hear me out. Nolan, you remind me a lot of my best friend Joe, who passed away a few years ago. Joe was my only friend that was into cars and racing, so my race car has been in a billion pieces rotting in the garage ever since he passed. I just don't have the know-how or the emotional bandwidth to pick up the tools anymore. But listening every week to you all shoot the shit and talk about racing has helped me through a dark place. Nolan, you seem like a good, kind, nerdy dude. And hearing you every week is like having that gearhead friend again. On a more positive note, Alanis and Elizabeth, you two are awesome. You two starting DRS with Nolan is what got my 15-year-old daughter to listen with me and watch the races on Sundays. Before DRS, she said that racing was just for the boys, so thank you for bringing more female voices into motorsports. Love the book, too. You all need to write some more F1 history books. I'd be the first to pre-order. Thank you for everything you do. And if any of you are in Seattle and want an RX-8, um, bring a trailer. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'd love to go for <laughs> i love for it to go to a good home rather than to the scrapyard. If you ever find a way to add a few words in, please remind your listeners that suicide is a permanent solution to temporary problems. Thank you again. You are all my boyfriends of the week every week from Addie. Thank you so much. That's I'm the so sweetest. Glad you read that because yeah. I'm crying. <laughs> That's the nicest email I think we've ever gotten. And yes, please. I, I hate that. Like the 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 standard like reach out to people. But also, if you are in a dark place, please please let someone know. It's not. It's it doesn't have to be the end. Oh, Addie, we love you. Thank you for saying that. I've read this email like probably eight times and I literally cry every time like I I am crying right now that is the sweetest thing I know it was very hard for you to write and very meaningful for you and it's very meaningful for us too and yeah thank you wow thank you Addie I'm so so sorry yeah uh okay if you're not familiar with donut we also have a youtube channel as well as an automotive history show called past gas go check those out follow donut racing show on x at donut racing show and email us at donut racing show at donutmedia.com follow alanis at alanis and king on twitter and instagram she also has a youtube channel oh i do alanis king i have a video of max verstappen driving me around 
over there on Doug DeMiro. Um, yeah, check check Alanis out on the internet. Follow Liz at eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes on both. But goodbye. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.